um, but following on um, from John Watts last month. I'm pleased to welcome Peter Williams this morning, who is a philosopher and author. He works for the Maris Trust, um, and he's going to be speaking to us uh, something from the Virginia, I believe. But yeah, grand. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll try and be brief. I'm going to take us through uh, some uh, biblical wisdom about university life uh, from the first chapter of the book of Daniel. Um, but first, I want to do a quick plug uh, for the Reasonable Faith Group that meets at Highfield Church down at the bottom of Church Lane. I'll be doing the first talk of the term uh, on 19th of October. It starts. We have two 20-minute talks, and we have tea and coffee and cake, which is free. Uh, so find the little cards on the piano here uh, to find out more about that. It happens on a Sunday uh, afternoon before the evening church service. So I'm going to jump in uh, at Daniel uh, 3, 1, uh, verse 3, where the Babylonians have conquered Jerusalem, and the king uh, commands his palace master uh, to bring some of the Israelites of the royal family for the nobility, a young men without physical defect and handsome, one of the handsome ones, uh, versed in every branch of wisdom, endowed with knowledge and insight, and competent to serve in the king's palace. Um, so the idea from the Babylonian point of view is to get a bunch of guys who are competent to serve the king. Um, our culture, our society, our university may have ideas about what it is uh, wanting to get out of giving us uh, an education. Uh, are we uh, cogwheels for the economy uh, and so on? Um, but of course our task in, that, in this situation is to think not only how do we serve the king, but how do we serve the king of kings uh, in our situation? Uh, they were to be taught the literature and language of the Chaldeans, that is, of the Babylonians. They're to be taught what to them is a, a pagan worldview. Uh, today, uh, we don't necessarily have to wrestle with the, the different gods of polytheism or whatever that the university might be worshipping, but perhaps our department is... Um, uh, dominated by a naturalistic worldview or a postmodern uh, worldview, uh, depending on what kind of subject you may be studying. Uh, that is something to take into account. The king assigns them a daily portion of the royal rations of food and wine. And they're to be educated for three years. The university was still three-year courses back then. Um, so at the end of the time, they could be stationed in the king's court. And among them are Daniel, Hananiah, Mashal, and Isaiah from the tribe of Judah. And the palace master gives them other names. So Daniel becomes Belteshazzar. Hananiah is called Shadrach. Mishael is called Meshach. Azaziah becomes Abednego. Uh, and these are names that instead of the, their Hebrew names that reflect things about their Hebrew worldview and belief in God, reflect the Babylonian worldview and the Babylonian gods. But they don't kick up a fuss about these name changes, although they reflect foreign gods. But in verse 8, Daniel resolved that he'd not defile himself with the royal rations of food and wine. So he asked the palace master to allow him not to defile himself. Daniel chooses a fight. He draws a line in the sand, partially probably because the, the food would have contravened the Hebrew uh, cleanliness laws, and partly because sharing table fellowship with the king uh, meant um, saying, yes, I am obligated to you. To those in power, uh, it, it meant a certain sort of kowtowing. Uh, so God had uh, allowed Daniel to receive favour and compassion with the palace master. 
Um, there's something here about having good relations with those in power over us, something that no doubt uh, took uh, some time and effort and prayer and uh, being respectful of those in power, even though we uh, differ in terms of our goals, our worldviews and so on. But the palace master says to Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord, the king. He's appointed your food and your drink. And if he should see that you're in poorer condition than the other young men of your own age, he would endanger my head with the king. <laughs> so, um, Daniel at this point is persistent, but wise with it. Daniel asked the guard whom the palace master had appointed over them, uh, please test your servants for 10 days. And he, he proposes this test whereby he and his mates are going to eat vegetables <laughs> and everybody else can uh, have the stuff off the king's table. And after 10 days, you can come and have a look at us and see what our skin conditions like, and, you know, see how we're doing. So he's persistent and wise and he fights this battle on common ground. Uh, with the culture around him. He doesn't go to the guard and say, look, I don't want to eat this food because it says here in Leviticus, you know, chapter whatever, verse whatever. Instead, he, he proposes an empirical test that the guy can understand in terms of his own culture. Uh, he fights the battle on common ground. And of course, uh, after 10 days, it was observed that they appeared better and fatter than all the young men who'd been eating the royal rations. So the guard continues with the project, no longer in fear uh, of having his head uh, chopped off. Uh, at the end of that time, the king sent for them to be uh, brought in. Verse 18, the king speaks with them. Among them, no one was found to compare with, with Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Isaiah. And therefore they are stationed in the king's court. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding concerning which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters of his whole kingdom. Now even allowing for a little bit of hyperbole here, hyperbole, hyperbole, pronounce it correctly, um, he's clearly saying that these guys had worked hard in their university institution. They had excelled. Uh, they were serving uh, the culture around them, uh, but they were doing it in their own God-centred way. Uh, they were being uh, in that world, but not of it, uh, as the phrase goes. They were doing it in God's way. See, particularly the way in which Daniel, of course, later on in the book, in, in mastering dream interpretation, rather than going to the Babylonian pagan books, where you would look up in these huge volume of books, a bit like sort of Freudian uh, dream analysis. You know, if you dream of this, that means that, and so on. All these books would look it up and work it out. Well, the magicians and enchanters of the kingdom couldn't do that, because the king wouldn't actually tell them what he had dreamt. So how are they going to look it up? Daniel, of course, solves the problem uh, by going to God with it. Uh, so he masters the subject, but he does it in a God-centred way. And that is perhaps the key to why he masters uh, his subject. So those, I thought, are a few interesting points about uh, thriving uh, for God in a university context, um, being wise, picking uh, your battles, being aware uh, of the context, but having uh, respect and wisdom uh, in how you um, stand up for God uh, within a university context. So uh, I um, 
uh, recommend to you to go and have a little uh, reread and look at the beginning of Daniel and think how this uh, applies to your situation. Thank you.